Good afternoon, this is Chris Wade and uh, welcome to episode 22 of my podcast which I've slightly renamed on to Speech Therapy Murmurings. Um, it just seems to make sense because the, the people that I'm aiming this at are those that are kind of either speech therapists, speech therapists in training, parents accessing speech therapy, uh, those are in kind of the healthcare professions, teachers, senkos, etc. And murmurings, whilst for me I got it, and I think for the people that are listening got it because they kind of found it via social media, it doesn't really help in terms of search engines, so I've changed it a little. So today I wanted to talk about kind of my journey within business um this this might not be something that that a lot of people are interested in but if you're interested in speech therapy occupational therapy educational psychology and working within private practice or setting up your own private practice um i'm going to go through my kind of the journey that i had um in doing so so essentially um two years after qualifying i set up a company and at the time my other half um who uh, on my other half of the time, said to me, why have you set up a company called London Speech Therapy um, rather than Chris Word Speech Therapy? And I remember laughing and saying, oh, it's all about kind of branding, but also I don't know how big this could go. And therefore, if I didn't know how big something could go, I didn't want, it to, limit, didn't want to limit it to my own name. I wanted it to become a brand. Um, and I wanted it to be a brand that essentially if you googled something such as london speech therapy um where the a, a location where 12 years ago there were lots of independent speech therapists but a lot less than there are now i wanted it to be the first thing that came up and i think i managed that within about i think about six weeks of setting up the website which i wrote myself uh, the first website i wrote myself <clears throat> and um so yeah 12 years ago um i set up uh, London Speech Therapy, uh, I set up the company name, London SRTS Limited, um, and I put an advert out in the local post office, it took me about seven or eight weeks to get my first referral, um, and that was for a nanny position, turns out it wasn't a referral for me. Um, I then slowly, slowly, slowly started to build the company, so I was working full-time for the NHS, um, I had a brilliant manager who allowed me to condense my hours to 30 hours, 37 and a half hours per week across four days. So I was doing more hours in the four days I was working. And I had a day per week where I could just focus on the company, but I had the stability of my kind of paycheck to make sure that I could meet bills, etc. So I um, started advertising. I've ties on, on Google Ads. I put notices out in local shops. Um, and the website started to launch. I started to build up a bit of a social media kind of campaign in terms of Facebook, etc. Again, this is 12 years ago where things are quite different. And after, I'd say after about kind of six months or so, I realised I was getting more work than I could actually do myself. So I um, put an advert out again and found a speech language, speech language pathologist um, a, a lady who would qualified over in America, was absolutely fantastic, was in the UK for a couple of years and was looking to pick up some kind of independent work which could fit around her current commitments. So she started doing some work with for me as an associate and then I, had, uh, I started to kind of grow kind of an associate arm to the company where I was taking little bits of commission, I think it's like 20-25% commission um, on what these individuals were doing. Um, and then I had a, not a bad experience, but a, an experience that I learned from where 
the I couldn't guarantee the quality of the speech therapist because they were completely independent from me but working as an associate um, and I couldn't guarantee the, the level of training the level of supervision um, I provided all the resources so iPad uh, assessments physical resources but I couldn't I couldn't guarantee kind of how they were using them I had no real clinical oversight so I decided at that point to do away with associates and start with employing so I think it was about 10 years ago um no it would have been about eight years ago because remember Izzy was about three months old six no six to twelve weeks old I went out to Dubai and whilst I was in Dubai I filled my first two special school positions uh, one was a specialist um secondary school and the other one was a resource base slash nursery setting attached to a mainstream school and these were schools that I'd previously had connections with as uh, when I was working in the NHS so I ended up employing two full-time members of staff which was quite exciting so I had two two staff members and then over the next kind of eight years or so we moved from having two staff members um to at uh, the peak we had 35 full-time um, speech language therapists. I had a, an associate clinical psychologist um, who joint led the service with me. We had, I think it was three assistant psychologists. We had an educational psychology service attached to us, and we'd moved from a company that was. So I'm, I'm from a work. I'm a, see. I'm working class. I'm from a working class background. Um, I had no money to set up the company. Whilst I had the company, I took on um, a a small number of loans in order to. You know, in order to meet kind of um, the the gap between how long it took for parents or schools or local authorities or NHS contracts to pay us, and and how long how the um, how long we had to how the so the difference between how long it took for us to be paid and how long I had to how quick they had to pay staff. So staff got paid every month uh, on time every time, and. Um, invoices weren't always paid as swiftly as we'd expect them to be uh, i think for some nhs trusts it took them kind of upwards to nine twelve months or so to pay invoices some schools took six to eight weeks because you imagine these big organizations have lots of signatories so the, the bigger the organization the harder it was to be paid on time so essentially we started to build up a little bit of debt within the company um, which was absolutely fine because we had enough kind of cash cash flow. Um, we had we, it, that aided the cash flow and allowed the company to grow. Um, I think it was about seven years ago we set up the call. I, I with Therapy Box uh, produced the Colorful Semantics app, which I think has now been taken off the App Store um, since I sold the company. Um, and that app sold, I think, it was about seventy or eighty thousand pound worth of um, sales of the time it was available. It needed a big update when I stepped down, and it hasn't been updated yet, so it's not on the App Store. I don't know what the plans are at this stage with that. So um, over the, over our time. Um, at the peak of leaving um, the company, we had a turnover of 1.01 million um, and a negative um, profit. Because um, essentially, the costs of kind of the number of clinics we had, the number of staff we had, the the changes in pension regulations, um, the um, the amount we had to invest in resources in terms of refurbishing clinics, etc. We'd got to a stage where 
under my management, I take full responsibility. Uh, we're at a stage where we had uh, grown significantly. Um, a, a speech therapy company, or primarily speech therapy company, turned over well over a million. Um, is big, which is amazing, something I'm really proud of. But our costs were higher, um, and it's something that over time we were looking to, um, to, in a sense kind of rebalance um, and it's something that was I could see in, in, in terms of projections was going to be completely possible but not under my kind of uh, under my wing it wasn't something that I was as interested in but before that um, kind of fast um, rewinding back about four years ago I'm in a uh, I'm in Cairo um, I've been sent to Cairo by a doctor I've assessed a little boy so one of my one of my staff assessed the young boy and um, the parents said can you come out to work with this young lad who's 16 or 15 16 um i wanted, wanted you to work with him for two weeks um after school really really st- simple straight really really straightforward speak sound processes so um, i arranged to be in cairo for two weeks and in the middle of the project in cairo working with this young lad and doing some work with an international school um, i'm asked by the father of the young boy if i would travel out to abu dhabi so i agreed to go out to abu dhabi uh, went to abu dhabi they, they flew me out kind of business class got picked up by a beautiful car um, put through this VIP terminal thinking what what am I doing this is working working class kid uh, wearing shorts and t-shirt um, brought to a multi-billionaire's house uh, which looked more like a shop, shopping mall than anything else and um, the, the father of the child uh, that I was due to go over and see sat me down and said he wanted to buy the company and at the time I was like completely bedazzled because it just didn't make sense why anybody would want to buy the company because from a financial perspective from a profit level it didn't make sense we'd had two years two consecutive years of losses but i could see as a brand um it was a brilliant kind of starting point or a springboard into launching nurseries children's books other speech service services multidisciplinary services maybe a private hospital and this individual was kind of big in healthcare. um i was kind of um, put into a meeting with um, a management accountant um, this is me straight off the plane slept on, on the plane on the way from Cairo to Abu Dhabi um, feeling a bit ropey anyway because I I, I I was tired I was halfway through a project um, I'd not wasn't prepared whatsoever for this meeting put into a board meeting with a bunch of um, kind of very well thought of businessmen and me um, and at the time and I still consider myself a more of a clinician than a businessman um, but I'm in, I'm in this room I'm kind of um, they're asking me about projections they help me map out projections for the next five years <clears throat> and then I'm sent away um, I go back to Cairo finish the project get home have a few conference calls with this uh, with this party and then um, I'm back in Dubai probably six weeks eight weeks later i'm sat in a posh restaurant um with and with another company um who's linked to this this particular billionaire and i'm asked what the company's worth so we at the time had i think we'd just gone we'd just gone over three three quarters of a million in terms of overall kind of um turnover so that's how much money's gone through the company that year um, and we just made a loss for about a hundred thousand and I said, oh, well, the company's worth. And I remember in my, in my head, I think it's a million, say one million, say one million. Because uh, I thought negotiation, start, start high and be prepared to go lower. And I said, oh, the company's worth 800,000. 
And on saying the company's worth 800,000, that number was written at the top of this form. And then for the next year, a legal, legal process is to kind of legal due diligence went ahead. I had to instruct a lawyer who's based in Dubai, uh, who was a friend of a friend. Um, and we went back and forth. It, it felt so it was constant. So the only thing on my mind for a good year, because this was huge. Um, this was, I mean, it was just absolutely huge. So essentially, the company sold uh, a year later for the amount that I had stated, minus the company, um, my, with with the with um, with the company having to pay off um, as part of this. I, I, a part of the money that I got back, I paid off the company's debts. So it was a um, momentous occasion. And then my, my job then uh, was to continue to build the company, continue to make connections with the UK entities that this individual had uh, to grow the company. The project was actually a UK and UAE project. And the UAE side was to set up four quadruple villas. I think it was six bed villas, uh, four within a complex, all linked to each other, um, physically linked as well um, to make a children a child development center and be co-lead of that with the clinical psychologist who was co-lead of the of, uh, of LST and over so as soon as everything was signed for the UK the UAE project went quiet and it was just part of okay that's something we're going to do at some point later in the future so this went ahead for I stayed in so I stayed as CEO of the company and sole director from uh, this so we signed contracts December 2017 and then in March 2019 I resigned um, because of the kind of the, the significant amount of stress involved in running such a large entity um, and the difficult the continued difficulties in terms of cash flow in terms of making sure um, uh, supplies are paid on time make, uh, ensuring that staff are paid on time um, understanding that I had lent the vast majority of money that I'd got out of the proceeds of the sale back into the company in order for it to be paid in order for us to pay staff in order to keep on top of everything um, but it was a for me a fantastic learning opportunity i learned a lot about kind of um how to grow and i thought this is the overall kind of lesson that i've learned over those kind of 12 years were how to grow a company how to then um we had three different offers on the company from three very different parties. One was a um, a chap from Pakistan um, whose family were f- family were in dairy farms. Uh, the other chap was a school a guy that owned um, a a couple of special schools, so specialist schools in London, um, who had a kind of real understanding of the need for speech therapy. And then the third was this kind of healthcare conglomerate, uh, kind of entrepreneur from Abu Dhabi. So I had these three different offers and. There were very different offers on the table. So I think what I've learned was not only how to grow a healthcare company, how to grow the staff, how to keep staff. We had very, very low staff turnover. Uh, we at the at the top end of the company, I think we had just shy of 100 contracts with, with local authorities, special schools, mainstream schools, independent schools. We had a clinic in Stratford, which was huge. Um, we had access to a clinic in Harley Street. We had two uh, two clinic rooms over in Cardiff. We had these three different arms of the company. We had an app. We had an international team that would that like, travel out to um, Abu Dhabi, Dubai. Um, there, we'd started to make links 
links with the, with Nigeria via the clinical psychologist. So this 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 service was kind of it was huge, um, and I kind of I as as sole director, and at the time once I'd sold eighty I'd sold eighty percent of the company. Um, it was a large amount of responsibility on my shoulders, and one of the main reasons that I I left is because I'm a clinician at heart. I love being a clinician. I love being a speech therapist. I can affect change being a speech therapist. I struggle with the business aspect of it. So whilst I had the kind of what I see as kind of business acumen of being able to find found a company, grow it, uh, market it, sell it, and then exit that company, um, it's not something that I'm as interested in. I'm more interested in seeing how a child who is kind of developing their skills following a teach timetable, seeing a child moving through PEC, seeing a child using colorful semantics, seeing a child um, say uh, Borodatomy, which is, um, I think it's Good Morning in Welsh, uh, I think that's what it says, um, and, and, and actually saying my name as part of that exchange, um, seeing a child develop um, kind of uh, their, attention, their joint attention skills, um, Seeing a child comment on things, comment on things they hear spontaneously, or ask me, or oh, how are you, Chris? Or answer a question, um, or oh, how are you doing today? And he's like, oh, I'm really good. How are you? How was your weekend? These little nuggets are the things that motivate me, the things that I'm more interested in than growing something. Um, my current company, Wade Therapy Services, which I set up as part of that contract, I had to set up a separate company. Um, so we had a, an agreement between the two companies. Um, Wade Therapy Services is, it's me and then a bunch of associates. Um, associates that are kind of people that have, what, at least eight years experience. These are people at the top of their game. They're fantastic. I truly believe in them, but I also want them to run their companies. I want them to have their branding. I want to grow their branding with them because I'm not interested in creating another LST. Um, at the time, we were kind of a leading speech therapy company um, in London. Um, I, I, it was a kind of well-respected brand. Um, having stepped down, I think there's been kind of significant changes within it, within the company. Um, and it's not something that I want to kind of dwell on in this podcast. I'm still a 20% shareholder. Um, I'm waiting for kind of a, a, an, a, an avenue to exit from that with that without that 20%. I'm, I'm looking for an easy life. I'm looking for being able to crack on with doing my... EACP appeals, my SCN appeals, my staff training, maybe do a little bit, a little bit of international work in the future. There's offers everywhere, um, and I think for for every single speech therapist out there, there is so many, there are so many opportunities across the world. There's so many opportunities across the UK, uh, whether them be NHS, local authority, independent, private sector, this the, uh, charity sector. There's so many different opportunities for us to use our skills. Um, and I guess one of the reasons for this podcast is to say, look, there are so many opportunities. There's no limit that for anybody in developing their private practice. Um, I have um, no background in business. Um, I think I was I was very hardworking, doing what sixty hundred hour a week, some weeks, like I literally crazy hours. Um, and then I'm, it's not. I'm, I was proud and something proud of what I built. Proud that I managed to get out, and proud that I've been able to build something um, which is going to be successful again. But it's from a different perspective, um, and I think I found my feet in terms of 
yes i'm a, i'm a very good manager yes people like me when they work with me and when when they work as part of my company but i'm more about now kind of helping others kind of achieve what their dreams are in terms of private practice or wherever they're working but also i'm more about making sure that the children that i work with make the gains that they should be making from a therapeutic perspective and fighting for them and being their voice in in the tribunals where needed and also working with our partners and our friends in the nhs and local authorities i'm also i mean like i said before i work for a local authority now um, and that's where i am i'm in a very different position and i'm I'm, whilst I worked very hard, I think there was an, an element of great timing and great luck in the fact that we were able to build a brand and build so build something so quickly. Um, and yeah, I, I hope this, I mean, this podcast for me was about kind of letting people know my journey, seeing how, where I went, where I came from, where I, how I got to where I am, but also to inspire, to say that these things are completely possible. It is not impossible to do what I've done. Um, and I think by kind of focusing on kind of branding, focusing on making sure you're the best at what you can be. And then, like, as I've said on Twitter before, and as people say constantly, it's not my phrase, it's if you build it, they will come. So if you're good at what you do, and people know you're good at what you do, and people write testimonials and speak therapists, tag you in things where it's positive about what you've done, then more people will be attracted to work with you. And you will grow either your um, NHS team or your local authority team or your, um, or your private team. You will grow. Um, so I want to leave with that. Um, I, I think this is quite a positive podcast. And apologies that it's gone on for 22 minutes. Um, so far, my podcasts have had, I think it's just shy 450 um, um, view, um, not views, um, people, 450 people have listened to the podcast so far. I'd love to get up to 500 eventually. Um, some of these, uh, some some podcasts get nine views, nine, um, nine plays, um, some are getting 40, 50. Um, this one's a lot longer, so I'm guessing maybe one or two people will actually get all the way to the end. Um, so have a lovely day and any questions whatsoever, find them out and I will answer as much as I can. Thanks, bye.